Thank you for joining the Remnant Podcast. I am your host, Jackie Wade. God's remnant are those who acknowledge God in all of their ways, even when their ways sometimes do not please God. They are the ones who are always confessing their sins to God while believing he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here on the Remnant Podcast, we stand on the finished work of Jesus Christ, inspired and led by Holy Spirit to bring all glory to God. Lives will be changed, souls delivered, and faith will be preached and proclaimed as we declare and decree that we are kingdom individuals employed to speak into the earth realm for which we have been granted authority by God. Thank you for joining me tonight on the Remnant Podcast. I am your very own host, Jacqueline Wade, and I come to greet you in um, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for joining me this evening. Tonight, I'm not uh, in my um, studio upstairs, so I'm kind of just relaxing in my home, and I figured that I would come to you all live tonight. Again, like I stated, my name is Jacqueline Wade, and I want to welcome you to the Remnant Podcast, and thank you for being a part of the podcast and joining us once again. And as you know, this podcast is a podcast where we present the word of God. Uh, We give our testimony. We talk about the goodness of God, ultimately to give God his due glory. Um, And a lot of times I know some people may ask, uh, what does the remnant stand for? And so just so you know, the remnant in the Bible was looked upon as a very small group of people. Um, To be honest, Israel was selected as... um, God's favorite, as you know, who he always chose for his holy purposes. And he labeled them as the remnant because a lot of times in the Bible, you found that they went through a lot of uh, harsh things that sometimes they caused on themselves. But out of it, there was always a group of people who turned back to the true and living God. And so um, we who believe in Jesus Christ can stand on that fact that we can be labeled as the remnant. Uh, We can be labeled as his remnant to go in the earth and do exactly what he he has called us to do. Um, And then also to be mindful that um, as we're doing the will of God is not about ourselves, but it's to bring him glory. Amen. And so I want to welcome you for joining me tonight. I'm in my very own home tonight, not in the studio. I'm actually downstairs in my home, um, a little personal and up front. And tonight, before we bring in our special guest, I do want to open up with prayer. And uh, I do want to let you know to connect with us. Please connect with us. We have several platforms. We have um, our YouTube channel is now up and running. And we have iHeartRadio. We're on Audible. We're on Spotify. We're on Podbean.com, which is a total podcast platform. You will not see us live on Podbean.com. And, of course, we will come to you time to time live on Facebook from our Remnant Podcast facebook page so again i greet you in the name of my lord and savior jesus christ i thank god for being who he is in my life and i thank god for you who are joining us on tonight that's going to be a part of this session called heart talk we have an awesome woman of god who is joining us tonight and we are excited about what god has done in her life what god is doing but we thank god for what he's about to do 
And I'm personally grateful because she is my sister in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, she's written her book, uh, self-published heart talk. Um, and we're going to dive into it because as we know, a lot of times the heart, our hearts are always being affected by things. Our heart is always being, um, you know, uh, shaped and molded by issues that come against us. And, um, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, he died that we would have life and that we would have it more abundantly. And so as we talk about God and all that he's done, not only in her life and her family life and my life, um, we want you to join in on the conversation um, and tell us about how God has done mighty things in your life. Um, I would love for you to comment. I would love for you to ask questions tonight. Um, as we dive into the book and go into different sections of the book, um, if there's anything you want us to expound on, anything that we can, you can enlighten us about or we can talk to you about, we invite you to join us on tonight. Amen. So again, my name is uh, Jackie Wade and I'm your very own host for the Remnant Podcast. I do want to open up with a word of prayer and um, I'm going to bring our special guest on right after doing so. Let's go into prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord, and we lift you up. We thank you for yet another day. God, we thank you for this time that you've ordained for our life and each person that will come and join and listen. Lord, we pray that you will get your due glory out of this session, Lord God. And Lord, we thank you for the hearts tonight that will be impacted, that will be touched, God. Father, we thank you now for going before us and making the way clear. Father, we thank you for penetrating, Holy Spirit, penetrate the hearts and the minds of your people, that they will um, have a release in their spirit, that they will learn of something, that we all will learn of something that will benefit us, that will help us to keep running this race. And Father, we'll be so faithful to give your name all of the glory, all of the praise, and all of the honor. Lord, we pray for any that is sick among us tonight. Father, we say we, we thank you for your healing, for you are Jehovah Rapha, we thank you for our archangels, Archangel Raphael, that go and help us with healing on tonight. Lord, we ask that you will protect those who have lost loved ones from the spirit of grief. God, do not let it overtake them. But God, send your comfort like only you can and your peace that surpasses all understanding. And tonight, God, we give you praise. We give you honor and we give you glory. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. So. I am excited to introduce to um, some of you. Some of you, you already know her. Her name is Alkana Johnson. And please give her a warm welcome as I bring her on. And we are live. Praise God. Hi, author Alkana. How are you? Hey, Minister Wade. <laughs> How are you tonight? Hey, my good, good, godly sister friend and much thanks, sister. I'm good this evening. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I thank God for you tonight for coming on with us, and I thank God for uh, you know, your obedience, for writing the book, for being led by God. Um, I do want to read your bio to everyone that is joining us on tonight before we get started, if you do not mind. Akana Johnson is a native of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who currently resides in Fairburn, Georgia. Akana is a faith-filled woman who adores uh, God. She works in human resources management. Um, well, she went to school for hum human resources management from Strayer University and has an associate's degree 
and business management from the University of Maryland and has been a federal government employee for about 19 years and has has allowed this has allowed her to work in various positions inside and um, in other areas. Some of her hobbies and interests include spending time with her family and her friends. She writes, she reads, she exercises, she travels, she's a travelista, she loves music, and she has an entrepreneurial spirit um, and owns businesses with her husband. So I personally would like to say she's a woman who love, dearly love, um, very intently and strongly. And um, if she says you are, you are her friend, you are her friend. Um, so I've always been able to call on her and she's always showed up even during the time of ordination. She came, I think you was on a trip and you was just getting back or something. And she was like, I'm going to be there. So um, I am very happy to introduce to you guys Alcana Johnson. Yes. Absolutely. So Alcana, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Let the audience know exactly. Um, um well you you covered a lot of it. Um as, as you stated, yes, I, I've been a uh I've been around the world. Um, I love to travel. Uh, it's one of my many loves. I got a lot of loves and passions. The travel is definitely one of them. God is first, first and foremost. Um, it's God, my Lord and Savior, is my first love. Um, my husband, my children, my mother, my siblings, like my entire family, um, my grandchildren, um, everybody. I just, I love love and I love people um, because God created us all in love. So how can we not love ourselves and love one another? And love people. So I, I love everybody. Even folks that might not love me so much. <laughs> <laughs> I still love them anyway. Uh, with the love of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? We can love people uh, from afar. And we can love people up close and personal as well. So I just believe in love. And it does conquer uh, all evil. Uh, whether it looks like it or not. I believe that love does conquer all evil. Um, not just a multitude of sins. But we can we can banish out evil. Um with love as well. And I think our world needs a whole lot more of that. Um, pardon me, I keep sipping because I'm sipping on tea because my allergies are uh, bothering me bad today. Uh, but um, what else? What else about me? Um, you you read most of it. I mean, I've been I've been a federal government employee for it'll be 19 years next month. Woo. Uh, praise God. I've praise worked in God. several different branches of the government, several different agencies. Um, I'm currently with USDA as a human resources uh, specialist. Um, uh, God bless me with writing this wonderful book, um, Heart Talk, Reasons to Love Beyond Tribulations, uh, my first of prayerfully many. So I look forward to, I look forward to what God has for me next in the realm of, you know, being an authoress, as I like to call it. Um, I'm also in the travel business. Uh, my husband and I have a transportation business that we just started. So we're both entrepreneurial spirits. Uh, just, you know, believe in the importance of having more than one stream of income. Uh, if we didn't know it before COVID, then I think everybody probably got that message loud and clear during COVID and since COVID. 
that um, it's important to have multiple streams of income. We can't just rely on one pot. And I know that's not what this uh, talk is about tonight. So I'm not going to go too deep into that. But it's important to not put all your eggs in one basket, if you will. Absolutely. I'm blessed for my job security, you know, from my nine to five or W2 or however you want to call it. I'm blessed for the security that I've had all these years, you know, with that. Um, but it's, it's good to have other things that we can do. And I'm, I'm grateful and blessed for the fact that some of the other things I do, um, I actually have a passion for, um, as well as human resources. I, I have a passion for people. And I believe that the human part of human resources in any organization, um, whether it's with the government, whether it's in the private sector, or even your own entrepreneurial businesses, uh, employee and employer in your own business um you're 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 a person in your business too which means you're a part of your human resources of your business um the same thing with uh if you work for organization as well the human part of the human resources matters and i think a lot of people lose sight of that and that's why the human resources aspect is so important to me and um that's what i've tried to zero in on more than anything um in my government work um, these past few years. So yeah, with that being said, um, yeah, absolutely. And that's good because I've worked in human resources, as you know, at, uh, at the hospital and so many times what you find is, um, when you work in that area, it is just what it says is human is, you know, you're dealing with people and their emotions and their feelings and they go through things and crisis. And so, the employees have to really have a level of understanding how to, you know, deescalate, how to help, how to just listen sometimes, not really react or talk back, you know. Um, right. But I do want to get into this tonight. I want to ask you, um, I quite first, um, when, I, when I was thinking about you coming on with us, I was like, okay, I want to ask her, what motivated you to write the book? Hmm. What motivated me to write the book? Well, <laughs> this is a funny story because, and it's crazy because somebody just asked me this question not too long ago. Uh, when What made me want to write a book? I had, I've had a passion for writing since I was a child. So I pretty much, I've been writing all my life. Um, whether it was doodling and scribbling on pieces of paper here and there, you know, jotting down notes in the page, you know, somewhere. I've been passionate about writing for a long time. Um, my love of writing grew actually in the seventh grade from my uh, seventh grade English teacher, Miss. Wow. Um, I had to, we had to write an essay and the particular essay, essay that we had to write, I did not want to write it because it, it had to be real personal. And at that time, I didn't really care for her that much. And I didn't want to write something that personal because I didn't like her. I didn't like my teacher. <laughs> at the time. So I was like, I, I don't really want to do this thing, but I was always the straight A student. I was always an honor roll student. Um, so I had to write the paper and then writing that essay, she liked it so much and she, you know, commended me so much. And she, she mentored me, if you will, in the area of writing and how you, how you dig within yourself and bring it out on paper where you don't look like you're crying on the page just because it's something that's that personal. You know what I'm saying? It, it touches people, but you don't have to, you open yourself up, but not to the point where you feel naked and vulnerable um, gotcha. in the process. Nothing wrong with vulnerability. Right. 
I didn't want to. I didn't want to seem like this broken kid, if you will. Um, and it was from that that she just, you know, as in our for our class as a whole, she always taught us different writing methods and all of that. But it seemed like me and her kind of had an instant connection as a result of that essay, and that changed my outlook. I think on writing, it definitely changed my outlook on her, and she became one of my favorite teachers. Um, but I used to write all the time. I mean, you know, Joyce, uh, my BFF for over forty years. Uh, me and Joyce used to write together. Oh, I didn't know Joyce wrote. Okay. Yeah. yeah, me and Joyce used to write together back in the day. We, you know, would write little poems or lyrics or whatever. Like, we used to write all kinds of stuff. So, um, writing wow. has just always been in me. And then, you know, throughout childhood, you know, we from we from North Philly. So, you know, you, you go through things in North Philly. You see things. You go through things in your family. You see things on the street. Like, you go through things. And oftentimes, writing was my outlet to get stuff out of me um, and kind of cope with stuff, but I didn't really share it with people. Um, back then, besides Joyce, it was only my teachers right. who knew the things that I wrote back then. So I've always written, but fast forward, um, how did I come to write this book? <laughs> the funny part is this book wasn't supposed to be the book that I was writing. Oh, wow. When I started my writing process to become a self-published author. Um, <clears throat> I work with a, a good... A colleague of mine, a business colleague who also became a good friend. Her name is Aisha Floyd. And she was my book writing mentor, if you will. I was kind of her muse. And um, I shared with her, she had she had published a book. And I shared with her that I've always wanted to write a book. I mean, I, I used to enter writing contests and um, submit my poetries and stuff. And I've won awards for writing poems and things of that nature. But I always wanted to take it a step further. And so I shared that with her. She told me that she would help me with the process because she was starting a, uh, a book writing boot camp, if you will, for people who wanted to self-publish. Oh, wow. So I was pretty much her first, I was her first client for that. Um, so we kind of helped each other. With that, my first book was supposed to be a poetry book. It was supposed to be nothing but poetry. Oh, wow. a book of poetry. I got about, mm, I'd say 70% through the book mm -hmm. and I ran into writer's block. Couldn't come up with nothing else. Yeah, because that's what I was going to ask you. What 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 obstacles did you face? You know, like what things came against you in that um, time of writing? You know, you always hear different ones say how they'll get writer's block or they'll, you know. So I literally just yeah, um, you know, it was just it was when I first started writing the writing. It wasn't this book. It was the I'll get to this book in a minute because the when I first started writing. To publish a book, it wasn't for this book. Um, so when I first started working on the book that I was supposed to be writing and publishing, um, I, you know, I had a lot of personal things that had went on during the process. Mm -hmm. um, I had death, um, very close people to me, you know, and my family had passed away. That was challenging. I think the biggest thing was I had challenges on a previous job, um, mm. a government position too, but I had a lot of, I had some severe challenges. Um, that was going on in the workplace. Um, and one of the biggest, when I first started, it was mostly family dynamics. So, um, you know, you, you know what I've been hearing? Cause, um, this, this whole, um, series for, for this time of the podcast is called your voice matters. And I'm starting yeah. to hear a specific theme. I believe God is wanting us to hear is, um, how the books aren't just being birthed because you want to write a book, you know, like so many times 
I'm talking to people. I think I was talking to someone the other day um, at the prison and they were like, when are you writing a book? And I don't know if it was you. I think it was you. Um, but it has to be God is, to me. Now, yeah. each their own, but it has to be God inspired because when I was reading through your book, um, I was just like, this is really legendary. Mm. Yeah. So I don't, I, I look through books, of course, but when I was really looking, I was like, I'll be honest. I was like, she wrote these quotes. These are the type of quotes that go down like, you know, Maya Angelou. So I was like, whoa. One of my favorite authors. Yeah. So, I mean, I got my own copy. I got a signed copy when I, when she first wrote it. <laughs> In my chicken scratch written with love. Yes. When was this? In 2018? Uh, I first launched in 2017. Yeah, and I got... I to you all the time. Heart Talk is not dead. Yeah, 2017. Very much alive. May 20th. Yep. And so, when I, I... You know, I bought a couple more because I gave them away. Because a lot of... Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the things that um, we go through within our lives... You know, it's so intense and you, you did, I mean, this is an awesome, this is an awesome book. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is you self-published. Right. Tell right. us about that. Right. Cause I know we got, we're going to have people look at the podcast or they may be on with us now. Sometimes I know, um, some people want to know how do you self-publish? Is it worth it? Is it a lot more stress? Like what's the whole process? Um, just you know, overview. And I think what helped me was that I had somebody to hold my hand that had already went through the process. Um, Aisha had went through the process of self-publishing her book, so I had somebody to hold my hand and walk me through step by step, you know, of going through the process. Now, what I can say is, because um, I know me personally, before I walked the walk myself, I thought it was like this big, like super expensive process, you know, to self-publish your book. I, that's probably one of the reasons why it took me as long as it did, you know, because I thought it was so much more into it than it is. I'm not saying it is not work because it is, but most of the work, I think, you know, we discussed briefly before, um, when it's, this book definitely was God-ordained, Heart Talk. Heart Talk, Reasons to Love Beyond Tribulations was literally, this was God. I literally, I wrote this, this book didn't take me more than two weeks mm. to write. Um, and the first portion of it, the first probably 85% of it was written in a matter of hours. Wow. Probably about a good, I don't know, maybe six hours. And then the rest of it kind of came after that, going back and adding scriptures to certain quotes and then I decided to put some poetry in the back because my first book was supposed to be a poetry book I wanted to add some poetry to this one to kind of give people something to look forward to when the next volume when the next book in the heart talk volume comes out because it is it's a, it'll be a series oh nice so, this is volume one of the heart talk love series of books um so I wanted to give people something else to look forward to but I was saying I had run into writer's block um, and I had promised my mentor um, that 
I said, I'm, I'm going to get it done. It wasn't this one that I was talking about getting done. It was the first act, the all poetry book. I said, I'm going to get it done. I said, I make a commitment to myself. I'm going to sit at the computer every night. I don't care what goes on. Every night for at least two weeks, I'm going to sit at the computer for two hours. And I'm just going to write and whatever comes out, comes out. Well, about the, maybe the second or third night doing that, by the time I was done, I had, like I said, about 75, 80% of this. Wow. And I sent it to her the next day. I texted her that night before I went to bed and I said, mm. I said, I have something, but it's not what is what we was working on. It's something else. I said, but I'm going to send it to you tomorrow, but just for something that you can look at and we can save it for the back burner because I still want the poetry book, you know, to come out first. So I sent her what was at that time about 75 or 80% of this. And she told me the next day, she said, Kanda, do you have your first book? I said, no, I don't. That's not <laughs> the book. Like my first book is supposed to be a poetry book and I just have writer's block and I just was focused and this came out. You know, some of the stuff I had already had, some of the, some stuff I already had written, but not the bulk of it. Um, because when things happen either to me or things that I see or things that I'm exposed to, like I said, I'm always writing. I, I write notes in my phone. I jot stuff down on paper. I wake up out of my sleep at night. If something comes to me, God reveals something or something happened early in the day and I might, it might show up in a, a you know, a five stanza poem. It might show up in just one sentence. It might show up in a full paragraph. And I just I've got to get it out. So I'll get up and write it down. I'll do a voice recording, whatever I have to do. So long story short, she she was adamant that, no, this is your first book. We You need to just, if there's something you want to add to it, go ahead and add to it. But we're going to send it to a couple of testers and all of that. And this is going to be your first book. So that's how Heart Talk, Reasons to Love Beyond Tribulations came about. That was my, you know, process, if you will. But um, I think another question you asked me was, was how difficult was it in terms of the process of self-publishing? It wasn't really that hard. And like I said, it's because I had a mentor. But since her walking me through, I've been able to bless other people and help a few other people to self-publish their own books. Wow. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. I wanted to read a part, the introduction of the book. It says, this book was created because everyone everywhere is dealing with something, some type of issue, concern, complaint, question, situation, joy, pain, trial, test, etc. whether it's big or small. Whatever our some things are, my prayer is that we can allow ourselves the freedom, ourselves, the freedom to acknowledge them, address them, take action, and live in love through them, pass them, enjoy them, embrace them, whatever it takes, but just do it. Today is going today is going to keep moving and tomorrow is going to come whether we whether we choose to be stuck in our big or small somethings or not life will continue to happen the question we must ask ourselves is will you live life or will you let life live you may these quotes and reflections from my heart to yours be an inspiration to live your best life and turn your somethings into life learning blessings keep smiling keep shining that's beautiful thank you yes that's beautiful and then you wrote here um from joyce a quote from joyce meyer if god wants you to do something he will give you the faith to do that and i totally 
agree. We never, yep. We just never know where things may take us. You know, you just never know um, what, what God is wanting to do through us, but faith without works is dead. And so we always have to be reminded to take the first step. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's get into our testimony. So what things would you say came against your heart? What things would you say um, helped you really not only were you putting in the quotes and the things like that, but what things did you have to experience in life that you could share with the audience that came against your heart and you really had to stand on the word of God, should we say? Ooh, and I was about to say, as you were reading that, as you were reading, you know, what I put in the book, um, what I wrote there, that, that pretty much, I mean, that, that sums up my whole life up to this point. You know what I'm saying? In my 51 years, um, that sums up a lot of it. Like I've had to take my somethings and my, my, my not so great things and, you know, not let them get the better of me, but that wasn't always the case. I mean, there, I, you know, I've been depressed and downtrodden and, uh, you know, uh, wanted to take myself out of here at one point. Um, and I was very, very young, you know, I was, I was a young adult when that happened, you know, or could have happened. Um, but um oh lord yeah because how i see it when you when i was reading through the book i was also seeing how so many times things come at our heart and it's one thing when yeah. and we, i'm gonna answer it i'm just yeah i know i'm, I'm letting it marinate in my spirit but yeah. I, i'm gonna answer it um because i'm thinking as well you know when things come against your heart it knocks you off balance, literally. Yeah. It can, yeah. it can, because yeah. we don't know what's going to happen, right? Day to day. Yeah. One of my prayers every day is, Lord, give me the grace for today. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen today. Only you knows today. But give me the grace, whatever comes to ha- handle it. I mean, when I got the call that my husband, um, when he came home, rather, he told me he got electrocuted on the job. I was just like, I mean, that was nothing but a miracle because I could have yeah. been getting a call that he died. Exactly. exactly. We had to rush him to the hospital and he's gone. And so exactly. every day we don't know what can happen. We don't know how it's going to turn out, you know? And so, so many times um, I remember um, like you were saying, when working and going to work and driving, we take, oh, I'm going to just go to the store and buy some chicken. I'm going to Chick-fil-A. I'm going to go to Walmart. And we just take things so frivolously, not understanding that drive, that could be our last drive. You know, right. not right. not to say, you know, we want it to happen, of course. But um, and then those things, people experience loss. People experience hurt. People experience um, persecution. People experience so many things being de- denied or, or the, you know, the black sheep of the family um, being talked about, being lied on, you know, right. those things right. come at your heart. Those things can bother you and hinder you. And if we're not careful, and right. that's why I found this book to be so good. You said in one of the pages nine, you said heaviness of the heart can transcend its way to the mind. So what's here, eventually you start thinking about it. I don't believe this person said this to me. I don't believe this person thought it. I don't believe this happened. I can't believe right. they hurt me like this. I don't, why, why did they cheat on me? Why, what right. did I do for them to leave me? Like, right? So it gets to the mind. Yeah. It says, 
You said, therefore, allow God to cleanse your heart and add refreshing to your mind daily. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Daily. Um, you know, the scripture says in Matthew 22, 37, love the Lord your God, your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul and with all of your mind. Um, right. And it was funny, we talking about the heart, but the heart and the mind, it works in sync, you know, right. um, the heart and the mind, it, it once those two things are, you know, in sync, there's really nothing that you can't do. When you put God on top of it and he leads and guides you, it's, a, it's right. really a done deal. You know, That's somebody right. tonight yeah. is probably going to watch or watching, and we all have been through things that haven't really affected our heart and maybe have affected our relationships and it has affected our walk with God. And I just want to encourage you tonight to um, don't give up, don't give in, continue to know that you got to guard your heart. You got to guard your mind against the issues of life, against the issues that come against you. Because if we allow it to get in our mind and we fester on it, then that's, you know, the battle starts in the mind. That's right. And then we, right. and we allow it to get in our heart and then we lose our victory. You know, you start looking right. at the person different. You start thinking about situations different. You even think about, like you said, we'll think about ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. I, can I do it? Am I, am I good enough? You know, do I look the part? Like, I, you know, I really, you know, I forgave, but can I really go on because I can't forget? You know what I'm saying? And that's when it goes, you know, I reference. Verse 28 in that same, you know, scripture in Matthew 20, 22. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Because in the midst of some storms, I know specifically in my life, like in the midst of some storms, when you're going through heart, heartache, heartbreak, and turmoil, all at the same time, because I done been down that road. I done been down that road, not once, but twice. Um, when it comes to relations, well, no, more than that, when it comes to relationship, you know, marital relationships i've been married this is my second marriage you know so i I suffered a lot of you know loss and devastation in my first marriage and um you know with that i i didn't know if my heart could be open you know to love again and that was one of my prayers to god was god please don't let my heart be so hard and that i won't be open to love again because i know as i said in the beginning you know of this broadcast I'm a person I love love. I'm a not 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 love love to the point that I gotta be with somebody. Not that type of love. But I'm a person who I love love and I love God and I love God so much and I know that God created love. And you know, I knew that God knew the desires of my heart, and I prayed to God, don't let my heart be heartened by these situations that I can no longer allow myself to love the way you desire for me to be loved. And that was my prayer to the Lord. And, and that's, and that's good. That's good. While you were saying that the Holy spirit, Holy spirit just reminded me because I remember, um, in my life, it was a time when it was so much coming. Yeah. And, yeah. but once I got back in a way with God, he helped me to recognize me. That's why it's important, people of God, and all of you that's joining, it's important for us to really know who we are in God and how God view us. Because when we see God the way he sees us, we don't want to be viewed any other way. Right. 
Because right. if we come outside of that, then we really not allowing ourselves to go and flow in the blessings. Right. And so right. many times the heart can get troubled, the heart can get badgered and hurt. And then we turn and we become somebody else. We let those situations affect us. And and now we, instead of us being who God called us or one chose us to be, we start reacting to the situation, not knowing we don't know who's watching our life. Right. So many times people are not going to read a Bible. They're going to read your life. And we all are, we're not perfect. You know, we all sin and fell short of the glory of God. And, you know, I fall short. I'm not saying I'm somebody perfect, but only thing I, I did, I've recognized in my walk has been, Lord, I'm, I'm hurt. You know, I come to grips. I'm being honest. Lord, I, that was, that wasn't nice. If somebody says something or did something like, where did that come from? But then I'm able to remember, don't get out of the care. Don't do that because this is where your blessing lies. Right, I got right. it's a it's another pur- purpose and plan, and a lot of times if we're not careful, that's a distraction. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's funny you said that because that's what I was going to say. A lot of times, things that we feel like are happening to us, oftentimes it's just what it is. It's a distraction because when you think about, I know for me, a lot of times when some of the most devastating things have happened within my life that I felt like was happening to me. This is so devastating. Why is this happening? You know, this happened to me. This is so devastating. I'm so crushed. But a lot of times when those type of situations happen, it'd be right in the midst and in the brink of when something amazing or something good or something else that I've something that I've been praying for to happen, something, you know, good to happen, that this catastrophic or this bad thing will come up and happen to take my focus off of. The good thing that God is doing, that door that's about to open, because I'm standing in the hallway waiting for this door to open, because my blessing is behind it. My next blessing behind this door that I already prayed for, I already stood in faith for, and I've been believing for. And now, here come this distraction to throw me off with this thing, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's um, infidelity, whether it's um, going through chaos with your kids, whether it's... Uh, Challenges at your job, whether it's um, death of a loved one, um, whether it's, you know, a knife in your back, whatever it is, comes to throw you off so that you, so that God don't get the glory from that blessing that's coming, or you get distracted and your faith wavers a little bit when you've been holding steady and standing in faith, knowing that this thing is coming and it's happening for you. And we don't really think about it until after the fact. You know what I'm saying? Until after the fact, dad, go on. I took my eye off the door as it was opening because I let this thing throw me so much off my square that my emotions and my feelings and everything got all out of whack. And I didn't spend two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, you know, downtrodden and sad and depressed or angry and pissed off, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. Not that you still get the blessing, but the joy that you were supposed to have. Right. A- blessing. Your joy is not what it was supposed to be. You're still happy about the blessing when it comes. But the, the but the main part of the joy that was in it, you gave that to the enemy because we get so caught up in the in the thing that's happening to us at the time that we don't lost sight of that. And I can say for myself, just about every time something really heart wrenching has happened, with the exception of death, because you know, death is what it is, and we know 
to die here on earth is to be alive in Christ. So I don't even look at death the way that I used to anymore. It Amen. still hurts me even my loved ones are no longer here in the present, but I don't I don't look at it the way that I used to because I understand it better now. You know what I'm saying? So I still miss them when they're not here in the land of the living, but I know I, I understand it different now. So it doesn't affect me the same way. It still it still hurts. I still miss them in the physical, but I it doesn't affect me the same. I'm gonna leave that there. Um but on um and I said that to say, I just want to read something on page 25 real quick, if you'll allow me. Absolutely. Don't allow pains of today to block possibilities for tomorrow. Push you through to achieve your something new. So that means when when those things come that knock you off your feet, you know, knock you off your square, if you will. You can acknowledge, acknowledge that it happened. You know, we all allowed to shed a tear. I don't do pity parties. I don't do pity parties no more. I used to. I used to do big pity parties. I don't do pity <laughs> parties no more. I feel things. I get upset. I react sometimes, but I don't do pity parties no more. And um, I try my hardest not to, I ain't going to say allow, but I don't engage too much in other people's pity parties. Like, I, I, you're upset. Okay, I get that. Yep. We allowed to be upset. We allowed to cry. If you need to cry, if you need to scream, if you need to take a day and be in the bed, depending on what the what the situation is, that's fine. But we're not going to stay there. Amen. We're not going to stay there. My 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 older sister has a, a thing that she and everybody says it, but she says it to us a lot and reminds us. Um, it's temporary. Right. Them saying it's temporary. So that 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 obstacle, that roadblock, that devastating thing, it's temporary. Absolutely. It's temporary. And when we try to put it in that when we, we could put it in that perspective, it don't mean that it didn't happen. It doesn't mean that it's not affecting you. But at the end of the day, it's temporary. The effects of it are not going to be long lasting unless we allow it to be long lasting. Because God already gave us what we need to get through anything that we face. Absolutely. It's up to us to get that and get it sooner rather than later so that we don't stay stuck so long. And you're in the hallway and now you done took your eyes off the door when the door opened up. Absolutely. That's right. And that's good because the enemy will try to, you know, come and steal that joy. I mean, that's his plan to kill, steal and destroy. And then, like you said, we're not able to enjoy the benefit of it either because we fell short. Sometimes, you know, we, um, I know I have in the past, I'll act up and do things that may have been out of character. And then when I get it, I feel, I feel like, God, I, I don't know if I really deserve it. <laughs> but I said, well, I guess I do because you're giving it to me, but then you come up with, you know, but it's a good thing. I feel like to examine ourselves and be, you know, always, you know, looking at what can we do better, you know, about ourselves. You said something here on page 17. You said, God made everything and everyone different. Your uniqueness is powerful. Be cognizant and appreciative of your you now and the you whom you are becoming. Um, and in Psalms, you put a scripture, Psalms 139, 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. And the reason why I like this one is because um, growing up, as you know, when you're growing up and teenagers and 
we came from a different, you know, the city. And um, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of things. There's, you know, and then just needing to um, perform at a rate on your job, you know. And so a lot of times, I know personally for myself, I'm always, you know, looking at Jackie. Oh, I wonder if this is good. I wonder if this is right. It's not so much as I don't feel adequate or inadequate or, you know, I got low self-esteem or things like that. It's just when you come from that background and for me, I mean, like, you know, working in the government is no joke. And I work for a lot of top C-level, you know, CEOs and directors and chairmen and and when you when you work in that capacity you're always at a you always you know at a high level of you know and so um I I just remember that because it was a time when I really had to say okay let me know when to stop with the job (laughs) let me know when to back up from the family let me be good with being me Right, 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 right. Let me be right. content with being me. And I mean, I probably was in my early 30s when that happened, when I really just was like, this is this is Jackie. And now I'm 50, you know, I'm like 51. But I was about to say kudos to you because you got it in your 30s. <laughs> well, I got some of it in my 30s. It took me a little longer than that. Yeah, I got some of it in my 30s, some of it in my some of it in my 40s. I think you know, like you said. Life experience, it just teaches you. Right, because it's like ebbs and flows. Like, I thought I had it in my 30s. But then something happened, and it kicks you back. And you're like, oh, I thought I was, I thought I, you know, I thought I had it. I thought I was good in standing in the, you know, appreciative for my me now. And just progress on to the me that I'm going to be later. But no, I, I didn't really, I, I got it. I would say, look, I'm 51. I got it in my, I got it around probably like 40, 41. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's what I mean. It was probably later, like 30, late thirties because, but the reason I got it, the reason how I, I, you know, the Lord really helped me is I was working with a boss, my boss at the time, and he was a chief, um, you know, at the hospital and he was one of those doctors who would, constantly give me constructive criticism i mean constantly but he was also a psychotherapy type of psychiatrist he didn't believe in medication much and i believe that he helped me because he saw some he seen some things within me that needed to be molded i was his number one assistant so of course he had to develop me in a way that would help me to understand. And so in the beginning, when he would always give me this constructive criticism, you know, I didn't go to the office and cry, but you know, I would be like, how are you going to tell me? <laughs> like, who I think he is? Some of these, some of y'all may be watching me tonight. Y'all know who I'm talking about. And I was just like, but you got to be kidding me. But after I would sit there and I would go hear the word of God, go to church or whatever, and I would come back to work, I would sit there and I would be like, oh, wow. He's helping me. So it it started helping me to see me, but it also helped me to take that constructive criticism. And he was harsh. He wasn't nice about it, you know, Mm -hmm. but it helped me to, you know, look at me. And um, that's why now I tell people, I'm like, you can tell me what's wonderful about me. 
But you can also tell me what's not so wonderful. Right. Tell me. Yeah. Because, because in the not the so wonderful, that's where yeah. I grow. But then, but see, yeah. where I grew at. That's right. the part that we don't like. That's well, the part our flesh can't stand. Where I was so, where I, where I grew at, I'm still realizing, and, and I'm, you know, I'm a minister now, but everybody right. don't want that. Right. Everybody's not, they don't want to hear that. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, if I really want to be used for the kingdom of God, but now Lord is showing me, you know, we all have our different state and I'm not all there, but I'm always willing to listen. I'm always willing to want to hear. I'm always willing to, you know, hear. And then I can take, like my mom would say, you know, eat the meat and spit out the bone. And I didn't yeah. understand that when she used to say it. Right. But now that right. I'm older, it don't matter who you are. It don't matter how you say it. You best believe in my time of prayer, I'm going to reflect and I'm going to, God is going to show me that was me, whether you yeah. liked it or not, or if it, you need to throw it out with the bone exactly, or if it was some exactly. nonsense. And that's what I mean by I started getting it, but it was really due to um, that particular doctor who I worked for with over 10 years and it molded me. It molded me for 10 years. I worked with him. And when I left and, you know, I came to Georgia not to take up all the time, but I was—I felt like, I felt like to this day he's living. I, I felt like I was his daughter, you know, you know, we have spiritual fathers and he was, you know, but I just felt like he, he, he not only knew I was his, I was good at what I did, but he, he, he had a, a love for me that helped me. Right, and right. I thank that God that I was able to understand that He was helping me, right, and not right. hurting me. Right, right, and that's the difference between somebody just picking you apart and criticizing, than constructive criticism. It's a difference, and a lot of people, especially where we come from, you know, a lot of people they we don't know the difference sometimes. You know, it's a difference between just criticizing or just talking down or just picking at somebody then it is given constructive criticism. Constructive criticism is good. It helps to build us up if we can take it for what it's for. Like you said, take the meat and spit out the bones. Like what's for it, what you need to use, use it. What can be beneficial to you, utilize it. And what can't, let it go. Absolutely. And that's how I feel. I feel like, you know, our relationships and different people relationships, anything that I tell someone, it's not to hurt. It's always to build. It's always, even when I fall short, my heart is that, you know, I'd rather be um, clear. Right. Because the goal is that we keep running the race and run it well. Now, you put this was good, too. You said your walk is your own. No one can walk it for you or take it from you. Rather, it's a faith walk, a praise walk. This is what my pastor just preached. A skip, a run, or a race. Walk it out at your own pace. Remember, God, not man, gives you grace to finish in exactly the right place. Now, that's that, that's what I mean. That's legendary. That's right. That's right. That's this right here. <laughs> when, I had that, when I had that writer's block, that freeze, if you will, he gave me the grace. He gave me the words. And I finished the book at my own pace. May not have been the book that I thought I was going to finish, but he gave me the grace and the wisdom to finish the book that he said I would finish. And just like he's going to give me the grace and the wisdom, and I'm going at my own pace and running my own race for the next one. People ask me all the time, when you going, when you, when you going to uh, 
launch your next book. When the spirit tell me I'm supposed to. I mean, if, if it's up to me, it's about 90, 95% done. But I haven't been led that that's the, that I'm supposed to put it out or that that's the one, you know, or whatever. So I'm just kind of, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting until that time comes. I'm going to continue to bless people with heart talk, reasons to love beyond tribulations and, you know, push it where I can and, um, you know, just be a, a cheerleader for it and other things that have come, you know, by way of the book, you know, the, the t-shirts and, you know, writing this book and launching this book helped me to do other things. Like it, it just, it opened me up to a lot of other things um, that I, that are still part of my passions and what I want to do. And um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. And, and that's how I begin to learn to live a lot of areas of my life now, walking by faith and not by sight, even when I don't want to, or even when I don't like what it feel like. Cause this is sometimes when I'm walking by faith and uh, my flesh don't like what it feel like. So walk by faith sometimes. And I know you understand that very, very well. Cause sometimes it don't feel, it don't feel like it. It don't feel right. Like sometimes like, okay, Lord, you said walk by faith, but is it supposed to be feeling like this while I walk by faith? Because this, this don't feel good. Like walking, walk by faith and not by sight. I'm trusting you, but at the same time, this feels like crap. Like I feel horrible, but I know I still got to keep walking by faith, not by sight. But, it, you know, it, it hurt at the same time. I'm, I'm frustrated. My heart hurt. You know, I'm angry, but you said keep walking by faith. And not but we just gotta do it. Yeah, and the faith so, walk we gotta, we gotta do it and that's a that's a real faith walk. The more that's a real faith walk. The more you operate that faith, it's like the muscles, like exercise, and it's as the more it's not a system, but you start to understand it's a it's the process. And it's never mm-hmm. by it's never by what we see. It's never how we feel. It's, it's going to totally be on God. You know, when we walk by faith, it goes against all of our senses. It goes against everything that we know, everything we think we know. And so um, the more you do it, the stronger, you know, you get in it, the stronger, you know, sometimes I think, um, and I'm and believe me, I'm. it's a process because you go from faith to faith. But right. <laughs> sometimes, you know, if I'm talking to my husband and I'm like, oh, you know, I want to do this. And he looking at me like, oh, Lord, what's about to pop out now? This girl and her brain. I, and, I, you know, since I was a kid, my one of my friends, like, we knew each other for about 40 years. Yeah, 40 years. And she would say to me now, even now, she would say, Jackie, every time you wanted to do something, you always did it. You know, people thought I was crazy when I left my job, um, if you know, Philadelphia and moved. Remember, I came here and yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. at <laughs> Tiffany's wedding, and then next thing you called me, like I'm just calling to see how you're doing. I'm like, oh, I'm in Georgia. You was like, <laughs> I, I, I made the move. <laughs> it's done. You was like, you got to be kidding me. You're not here, Jackie. I said, yeah. Well, we need, we, we need help. You coming over? <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> And so I just, you know, I just, as a child, I think, you know, but I was always real out like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. Okay, God, I'm going to do this. And, and I've, I'm, and you know, I'm still doing it. 
and you yeah. are too. But that safe walk, yeah. the more you do it, you know, and 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 I just believe, I just now I just truly believe that the God that I serve, He yeah. can do everything but fail. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this. You know, um, when I was doing the insurance thing and I was like, I'm going to be the number one seller in the office and I'm going to be the first African-American black woman on that wall in, in 30 days. And my husband was like, you know how much money you got to make? You know how much you got to do? And I was like, I'm going to do it. And, and I did it. You know, I was like, Lord, go before me. Send me the people. Send me the people. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, I just want to be able to prove because I had Buddha, people that believe in Buddha. And I had people that was believing in all these other guys. And I was like, but they know the God I, I believe in. I'm always talking about my church. So let, let there be a demonstration, not so much about me, mm-hmm. but about you. Right. And man, when I got the award, I wasn't even about me. It was just the fact that, God, you did it. So I was right. now I'm really walking around the office like, right. yeah, right. I'm going to church and um y'all welcome to come and I'm quoting scripture, you know, they looking at me, all the all the Koreans and different nationalities, the Indians looking at me like, yeah, that's the God I serve. But I mean, that's how I think, that's how I've always thought. Um, and I, I get it, it's not always easy. The faith walk for me to get here no. wasn't, you know how I was, it wasn't. It wasn't, but I do realize this, the bigger the struggle, the bigger the blessing. Bigger the blessing, yeah. And when I went yeah. through and you went yeah. through and different people on here tonight, you went through. And then when you really look back, you knew it wasn't even about you. It was about the people that was attached to you because the enemy didn't want them to be free or the enemy didn't want them to have some information. Or don't you know the enemy will fight relationships? <laughs> don't I know it? He'll build up all this foolishness and nonsense just because. But that's his job, you know? But then when we look back and you're like, wow, that's why this family member, all this time, we thought it wasn't, it was, we couldn't get along, but it was the enemy that was trying to fight us because we have something so special. And that's why it's up to us to stay the course. You know, except for now, there are some times when God says, no, that ain't for you. (laughs) Go ahead now. Sometimes God's going to say that ain't for you. And in the beginning, it, and, and you and, and you will know the difference. You will know the difference. Yeah, because he... Whoever it is, you'll he, know the difference. Yeah, he'll link a lot of times the right people up um, that will get you propelled to that area where you need to be, you know? And some people may... Like, I remember, and you may know, growing up as a child... Um, a young, a youth, teenager, young adult. Um, there was people that I just wasn't around because of where I was going in my life. You know, it wasn't I wasn't no better than them. They wasn't no less than me. It was nothing like that. It was just where I was going. You know, they. It wasn't. That's not what God wanted. And so we got to settle ourselves. And that's what I mean by I got it around the late thirties, early forties to settle, settle myself, and just let God be God. Whatever is meant to be will be. That's right. And whatever is not meant to be, then it's not of God. It's not from. It's not intended. But long as we walk in love and our heart is right. Exactly. Our heart is right towards you know. Exactly. 
the situation. And their lives are different, like you said, because at, at a point in time in everybody's life, you have to examine your own heart. Like, we can't examine other people's heart. We only can examine, we only can know our own heart and ask God to search our heart and show us our own heart. We can ask God to help other people search their heart, you know what I'm saying, and show us what we need to see, but it's not for us to search the heart of other people. That's for them to do. Absolutely. We only can search our own heart and then know how we are to move, you know, with other people or other circumstances or whatever. Boy, did I learn that the hard way. It was a time yeah. in my life where I felt I owed everybody an explanation. There was a time in my life where I was trying to make everybody feel comfortable and yeah. I dummied down on me. And, you know, and then I had yeah. to recognize that, you know what? These people ain't like you, ain't never like you, ain't probably ain't gonna never like you. <laughs> so are you going to continue right. to waste your time or are you going to do what I'm calling you to do? Because you can't please everybody and you're going to always have somebody that's going to have you, you know, or wanting you to be uh, feeling inferior or, or something. And that, that don't come from God. You know, that don't come from God. Not to say like we shouldn't examine ourselves and make sure that we're doing the right thing. But then I always, years, years in my youth, I was always trying, oh no, this, I, this happened because of that. And that happened because of this. And now I'm like, Holy Spirit, allow me to, you know, now I'll give you an explanation. Right. And I will do what God told me to do. But like you said about the pity party, I only could do what God told me to do. At that point, I had to really look and see that issue isn't with, with within you, Jackie. That's an issue within them. Right, right. So right. you're going to now re just make sure you don't have any issues within you and pray for them. Mm -hmm. You know, love them if you can. If they allow you, love them where they are. But you got to release that, especially when we, we trying to do what God tell us to do because there's an assignment attached to each and every person and we got to follow out the assignment because I can't stand before God for our kingdom. That's right. And you That's can't right. stand before God for me. He's going to tell me, I've told you to do this and you've allowed these things to come between what I've assigned you to do. But then that comes with relationship with God to even know. So that's where I'm at. I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of times people do, they don't understand that, you know, you could be so willing and so helpful and, 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 and want to do it from your heart, but sometimes you could do more damage. Yeah. Yeah. You become an enabler. An enabler. Yeah. And that's not healthy for anybody. That's not healthy at all. An enabler. That's a good, yeah. I didn't think about that. An enabler. Mm -hmm. it's not because i mean it, it's some it's some roads that we just can't take with people like even people that we you know we love the most we all have to be responsible to do our own work like um always another um writer who who i i, I love her work i you know i love her work she writes she do all kinds of I love her writing. Um, you know, she she says that all the time. You you have to do your work. You have to do your work. We can't you can't do somebody else's work. Amen. We each have to do our own work. And when we each do our own work, then we can meet in the middle and we can come together and that thing can be wonderful and great and all of that. But we cannot do somebody else's work. We can each do our own individual work so that we can be 
um, whether it's two people, four people, or whatever, whether it's a you know an intimate relationship uh, between partners, you know, spouses, husbands and wives, boyfriends and girlfriends, or whether it's family relationship, um, groups of friends, or whatever. If everybody focuses in and zeroes in on doing their own individual work, then when you come together as a whole, you can have more unity and you can have come together in unison and everybody will be better for it, you know, because everybody will have done their work. You, you can't do somebody else's work and you will drive yourself crazy trying to do so. Trust me, I've, I've tried that. It didn't work. It didn't work out good for me. It, it, it worked out good for them, right. but it did not work out good for me. I was left empty, depleted, upset, angry with myself. I was never angry with God for it, but I was angry with myself. You know, it was like, why, why did I spend all that time and energy? Like, is a difference between, you know, helping somebody and supporting somebody and encouraging somebody and trying to do the person's work for them. Right. Like it's a big difference in that. Right. It's a big difference. You, you're not supposed to be, um, if you're trying to help and encourage somebody just positive, positively pour into a person, you don't leave, you, you don't walk away from those things feeling empty and depleted and drained and frustrated. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's going to be reciprocated in some type of way. Right. But if you just trying to do somebody work for them, oh, you're going to be tired. You're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be burnt out. And that's out. good. Cause let me tell you, mm-hmm. even being ordained as a minister, the call is on my life. Somebody, exactly. Right. Somebody said, oh, God, I needed to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and it's, it's, um, and so a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm, I'm like, my husband will be like, well, you, you know, you got to do this. You got to do that. And I'm like, yeah. I got to do it. Not you. <laughs> so if God ain't tell you, don't stress yourself out. Don't right. think that I'm going to put that stress on you to now do and be and all of this because this is something that I got to do. I accepted that. And all I can do is pray that he gets where God has come to be. But right. I've seen a lot of people growing up. I've seen things where, you know, if people get a title or people, and don't get me wrong, he is the priest of his house. He prays over me before right. I minister. The other day I had to go minister. He got his oil out. He prayed over me. He, listen, sometimes you ain't got to have, everybody ain't got to know everything. But um, exactly. I say that to say, when you said that, you'll be doing this and you'll be doing that. And so God is like, no. And I thank God. For, right. for Holy Spirit, you know, that's why we need Holy right. Spirit, because he'll lead right. and guide us in our families and in right. our, all of that so that we don't get bombarded now. We think that we got to have all of, no, God right. ain't call we that. We each have our own role and still cover each other in the, in the yeah, right. at the same time. And that's wisdom. So I thank God for his wisdom. And then it yeah. doesn't cause no big rigmarole in our relationship, in our marriage, in our house. We can still mm-hmm. laugh and joke and, you know, let's be not silly and yeah, yeah, do all yeah. this stuff. So I hope divided will fall, but a house united will stand against anything. I know I have something. I have something. Anything. Like that. I'm sorry, y'all can't find it right now, but it's in there. <laughs> That's right. It's in there. Um, a house built on division will fall, but a house built. Uh, it's in there. I'm sorry, y'all. And I then the thing is, too, my first ministry is my home, you know. 
That's right. My first ministry is a lot of, you know, for the women out there, I don't know how I'm going this. I guess Holy Spirit when we speak on it. But (laughs) the first thing that I have to be God is pleased with is making sure that, you know, um, my home is taken care of. I'm cooking. I'm cleaning. Um, I'm doing the things that I need to do and making sure before I go out here and minister and preach to everybody else and hug on everybody else. I done did this at my house. Because right. I'm going to tell you, I heard this one time, I'll never forget. A pastor said, you watch when somebody ministering, look at their children and look at the spouse. That's right. If the spouse ain't clapping and the children ain't happy, <laughs> so, listen, and I've <laughs> always remembered that. I, and I will always look. Don't you know if I went to visit people at churches, if I went somewhere, I look at that first lady or that man. I look at the children, you know, and not to say we don't go through things. We do yeah, go through things. Say, yeah, not Nothing's going to be 100 percent. But, but yeah. for the most part, I'm just saying. And and the blessed part is like, I just thank God that I'm under leadership. You've been in the church where I'm at, where my pastor is so authentic. My first lady, they, they you know, they use a lot of things in their life to upbuild the kingdom of God. You know, so a lot of things we go through, even in our marriage, even with our children, even all right. of those struggles. That's to the glory of God, because guess what? If we lay it at his feet, he said, cast your cares to me. I care for you. And if we continue to be faithful over a few things and really our heart is turned toward God, there's nothing God can't do for us. There's right. nothing. And my my pastor and his wife is a living example. You know, it's That's a blessing right. to see the hand of God. Seriously. Because so many people, so many leaders out here, it's a blessing. Like, I don't take that, like, it's just, oh, I got a good church. No. No. I'm, I thank God. So anyway, let me get off of me. <laughs> I, I get, you know, I just get happy about what God has, he does in our lives. That's right. That's right. You said in this one thing, you said on one page here, when times arise that hurt, bruise, or misuse those we hold true and dear, we must request forgiveness in order to receive healing and begin repair. That was good too. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because it's it's more than just forgiveness. People think, oh, I'll forgive I forgave you. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Or you 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 forgave you said you forgave me. That's it. No, it's not it. It's it's healing that has to take place, depending upon the offense. You know, some things are simple. If you step on my toe, you tell me you apologize, okay, I forgive you. That's easy. You know what I'm saying? That pain goes away instantly. But when we talk about matters of the heart, because we're talking about heart talk tonight, you know, <laughs> heart talk, love, heart talk and love. You know what I'm saying? That's the heart, the mind. You know what I'm saying? When you when you talk about hurts that hurt deep, just because we forgive don't mean that the healing has taken place instantaneously. That's a process. Absolutely. You know, for some people, it's a short process, depending once again on the, you know, offense. Uh, for some people, it's a long process now, you know, 10, 15 years to forgive somebody, you know, to, to heal. Well, then again, I can't even say that because depending on what it is, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's, everybody's cuts are not at the same level. When some people are cut really, really deep, some people are just cut on the surface level. So, it, you know, it, it just depends. But at the end of the day, know that, you know, the word of God, God's word, 
is the biggest comfort and the biggest healer, you know, and, and when people hurt us and, and hurt us to our core, you know, in our heart space, only, only the love of God and the comfort of God really can, can heal that and cover us with the type of covering that we need that can't come from man. Yeah. Cause I can reflect the time when I was like in a really lonely place. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really lonely place. And yeah, with people all around me and still was lonely. And the ones that I thought like people I thought would have been there and really supported me and encouraged me and helped me. And, you know, it was really, really lonely. Uh-huh. And I remember asking God, why? My cousin said something to me like this. She said one day, she said, God has you up on the shelf. <laughs> I was like, okay. What exactly are you saying? And she was like, he has you up on the shelf. And she said, that's all I'm going to say. And I, I, this cousin is here in Georgia and I really connected with her spiritually. And I would always pray like, Lord, what did she mean by you had me on the shelf? Long story short, I was feeling like I needed somebody to check on me. I needed somebody to... Um, see how my kids was doing. I needed somebody to come and physically see my face, hold my hand, talk to me, be happy for me, go out with me. You know, oh, I moved to Atlanta now. Everybody should be happy to come see me, but they wasn't. And And it wasn't anything against them. It was more so God was saying, I need to be your everything. That's right. Stop depending on people. Uh-huh. You, you're going through this heart situation and feeling like you're mad and lonely and this this person isn't doing enough and your husband ain't doing enough and that person ain't doing enough. That's the trick of the enemy, Jackie. Uh-huh. But do, have you ever thought about what I'm trying to do in you? I'm trying to grow you up. I'm trying to get rid of um, the milk in your life and I'm trying to give you some meat. Okay. But I wanted the milk. I mean, I wanted the juice. Look, I was like, Lord, I don't want the meat. Right, right. right. I don't want the meat. You know, I was like, I want. And he was like, no. But you saying you want to do my will and you saying that you want to be used by me. And you're saying a lot of things. But do you understand that if you really want this, then you're going to have to go through this. That's right. And I'm not going to take you through it with people you don't know. I need to develop you with the things and the people you do know. That's right. And then you, I had to turn now, glory be to God, from thinking this person, thinking that person, this person, this, no, God was like, get over yourself. Right. Get over your, your heart. You ain't going to die. You're going to be just fine. Get over yourself. Let me grow you up in the things of me and realize that it never was about them. And it is not about you. It's about what I assigned you to do. 
That's right. So somebody might be feeling so lonely tonight. You may be feeling like, I don't know why this is going, I'm going through this. I'm in a house with my husband and he's, he don't even pay me no mind. I'm in a house and I, or I have children and they don't call me. I done broke my back and worked for years and did all types of stuff. You may be feeling in like you're in this lonely place. But I'm here to tell you that the place is not going to break your heart. It's actually going to make you stronger because where you're going, you're going to continue to experience those things. You're going to continue to experience the hurt if you want to do what God tell you to do. I'm just saying, because we're imperfect people. And so people are going to continue to do things and say things and act ways. But if you have your focus on him, the author and the finish of our faith, he will develop you in such a way where you won't be. I, I tell people sometimes, Kena, I'm thick-skinned. I shouldn't really say I'm thick-skinned. <laughs> I really shouldn't. Because my feelings, I, my, yeah, my feelings can get hurt too. I just choose not to deal with my emotions anymore. Because I know if I if I deal out of emotion, every time you lose. Right. And I'm I'm getting better at that. Because <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a very hyper emotional person. Um, organically for some reason. Um, God just built me with I'm I'm very emotional. That's just how I was built. I'm very emotional, but I also have a very strong sense of discernment as well. So sometimes that's like I won't use the word counterproductive, but sometimes <laughs> it feels like a it feels like I'm walking a life of an oxymoron sometimes. Because it's um because you have to learn how to balance that. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 very sensitive. I'm very empathetic um, of myself and others, sometimes to a fault, and I'm and I can be extremely emotional. Um, but also because I have such a heightened spirit of discernment, I I I take on other people's stuff. Like I I feel it, and I feel it so deeply that it can be easily latched onto me. So that is beginning to that's the area of my life that God is working on me with because I you know it, it got to a point I couldn't do that anymore um I have to have a balance and I have to I have to not do that it's, it's almost like um it's almost like having somebody else's spirit attached attached onto yours right and we're not supposed to do that so I um and having such a strong sense of discernment and being such an empath the way I am, it can it can be counterproductive to me. It can be good for other people, but it could be really counterproductive for me. Um, so I, I'm learning how to uh, work with that, you know, a little bit better. You know, when I was in um, Philadelphia, my old church, because we, we were talking about emotions, that was one of the things that I didn't understand. And I was just like, oh, wow, God has emotions, you know. But, um, you know, he can get mad and things like that. But I just always learned or I prayed, Lord, give me temperance. Give me that fruit of the spirit, you know. And I always prayed it because I was I was like that years ago. And I would be so disappointed. And I would get so disappointed to the point where it would affect everything. And so I'm going to be honest, sometimes I can see that in people around me. I can see, you know, something affects them and they, they hold the way they operate for the Lord or whatever they doing. It just, 
affects them. And and what that is, is a lot of times we need to really pray for the the spirit of temperance. Mm -hmm. One of the fruits of the spirit is asking the Lord to down and he will. As you pray that, I used to pray it every day when I went to work, Lord, give me the spirit so I don't get emotional. So I don't take everything to heart. So I don't look at what somebody say. This person may be saying one thing and that person could be saying the same thing. And I'll be thinking they saying the same thing and they, they're not, you know what I'm saying? And, um, working in human resources, I had to learn. Now I know this is off subject, but, um, and then the, the older we get, we're dealing with, um, we're dealing with our hormones changing. Oh, oh, oh yes. So yes. now, yes, about that. right. About that. <laughs> so now it's like, we can't, and men too, the men, we can't be so, and I'm learning this for myself, spiritually minded. Thank you, BFF. Love you. <laughs> Joyce. <laughs> no, hey, Joyce. We can't be so spiritually minded where we're no earthly good to recognize I'm having a bad day. Now, right, if I'm right. having a bad day and I know I need to be around different people, even in ministry, it's okay to say, you know what? I'm not having a good day, right. y'all. I need y'all to pray for me because I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to, but I, I'm not having a good, I'm just not, you know, and leave it there. But we got to be mindful that we, our bodies are changing and, and, and these fifties is no joke. Right. And so, yeah, I don't even want to eat certain food sometimes because I'm already like, if I do or eat or whatever, this might have me hyper, or I might, yeah. you know, I'll be running around here telling Leslie, let's do this, let's do that. He'd be like, uh-uh, I ain't going, I ain't going nowhere. You we gotta pay attention to everything, menopause, and look, the men the men are not off the hook. This uh aging gracefully, or whatever we want to call it, it don't just affect the women, it affects the men too. We women have men uh menopause, and you men have andropause. <laughs> So if you didn't know what that was, look it up. The men deal with, go through something called andropause. So we are all affected in this thing called life as we grow older <laughs> or wiser or more seasoned. We really um, are. Yeah. The effects are serious, but hey, do the best we can to take care of ourselves uh, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and psychologically um, and physically um, so that we can try to balance it all. So I want to get back. I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What things can you leave with the viewers tonight as we come, we're closing up, as we come to a close? What things would you say um, you could say that will help someone whose heart is heavy, someone who needs to really guard their heart? What things have you implemented in your life, even if it was clinical, if it was something that, you know, I know for myself, I've done some counseling with my daughter. I found the need, you know, she's an adult. I'm an adult. I went through counseling with my husband. Come to find out, we thought we had marital problems. Um, We didn't have no marital problems. It was stuff he never even talked about on how the island burnt up and when he started talking about it, it was like a release. And next thing you know, he like, we come out of counseling, like, you want to get something to eat? I'm like, oh, you want to eat out now? Oh, okay. Praise God. I thought I had to cook again. Like, that's what counseling did. So I thought, I'm like, but Lord, we ain't got no problems. I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. And 
Well, I can say for, for me and for me and my husband, for me and Van, I mean, we have problems, but some of the when, when we were at you know some of our darkest times or hardest times, I'll say a lot of our issues and problems weren't really because of us. They weren't really a, a lot of our stuff was. I hate to say it, but a lot of our stuff wasn't even our stuff. It was other people's stuff, but we were allowing it to come in between us. Exactly. Um, you know, and I, I can I can speak uh, candidly and, um, you know, just transparent. But that's that's pretty much what it was. Now, I ain't going to lie. I, I can't say none of it was us. Right, or right. Or none of it is not us because we are a continuous work in progress. We are not perfect. Um, it's not a perfect couple out here. If somebody say they are, they lying. Ain't no such thing as a perfect couple. Um I read, I read, I gotta stop you right there. I, I, I read somebody post one day and they said out of 20 some years, they never had an argument. And they was like, happy anniversary to each other. And I was like, really? And I said to Leslie, I was like, that's that's a miracle. Cause they, they may not have had an argument. We, we don't argue, but. Debates and they didn't call them arguments. Right. They gotta call it something else because we'll sit there and fuss over. He just went upstairs and then he like bring me a bottle of water. I'm like, why you ain't tell me? I was downstairs. So the, to 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 uh, fix the problem, I got a refrigerator upstairs in the laundry room. So when he want water, he like, oh, I need to get some water. I'm like, here you go, honey. Got you covered, honey. Let me fix that. Got you. Let me fix that. Got you. And he be laughing. He be laughing every step of the way. But little stuff like that, you know, I, I would always be like, Leslie, you know. We just, you know, little stuff, but... Right, right, right. Because, I mean, there's no, you know, God is perfect. He didn't create... We weren't created perfect, you know? That's why Jesus died on the cross for us, because we weren't going to be perfect. And that goes for us as individuals, and that goes for us in relationships. There is no perfect. We are imperfect. We are imperfect people striving for perfection. We may never see perfection until we get to the heavenly. Um, But, uh... Let me see. Um, yeah, so I wanted I wanted to ask um if you don't mind every I, I like to say um they say behind every good man there's a good woman but behind every good woman I'm gonna give them in the prop there's a good man. Yes, we prefer the term beside, not behind. Beside. So I tell Leslie that a lot of I say, Leslie, you a good man. Like, you know, I let him know, you a good husband. That's I thank right. God for you. And I praise God for him um, and just how he just hears from God. And so tonight I wanted to um, actually uh, introduce your husband. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Can you, is Mr. Van yes. Johnson, is he available? Yes. Mr. Van Johnson is available. Do you want me to answer that last question or you want to do that before we wrap up? You want to introduce Mr. Johnson first? Yeah, let's introduce want? let's introduce him and then um and then we'll go through that last question. I have a couple. No problem. Mr. Johnson, he happens to be right here. Sitting here beside his good woman. Yes. A good man sitting right here beside me. Slide on over, Mr. Johnson. Well, I love you. <laughs> You're allowed to. <laughs> hey, man. How are you? Blessed by the best. Pray for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Remnant Podcast. I want to read your bio real quick. So Van Johnson, everyone, is a native from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and he resides in Fairburn, Georgia. Van is a man with a heart for God. He is a loving husband, 
a father and grandfather. He possesses 20 plus years of homeland security experience. He currently works as an information technology watch officer and is an avid entrepreneur serving in roles as president and CP CEO of JPC1 Transport, a business and credit consultant, and various other entrepreneurial areas of importance and interest. When Van is not taking care of his work and entrepreneurial passions, he enjoys watching his sports, his football, his basketball, his music, traveling and spending time with his family and friends. And let me tell you guys, Van is awesome at credit repair. He is awesome, 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 awesome. But I want to welcome you, Van. Thank you for joining us this evening. And I just had a couple. Where you get all that information from? I know you. <laughs> no, that, yeah, yeah. I have your, I have your bio, sir. But no, um, Van is um, an awesome, awesome man of God. He, um, a dear friend. He loves his family, his children. He goes beyond beneath, way beyond for his children, his grands. He loves his wife. And um, since I've met Van, Van has been very consistent. There's one thing about men and when they're consistent, a consistent man, a consistent father, a consistent husband, that's a blessing, literally. Um, and so I just want to say that tonight. I really see that in you as being very consistent, consistent in this business, you know, dedicated. And so that's a quality that I believe a lot of people, men specifically, should it really try to adapt or adopt to be um, because once you start becoming consistent and everybody had to make their mind up at one point in life, like, okay, I got to do this thing and I got to do it to the best of my ability. Are we perfect? No. Do we make mistakes? Of course we human, but when you're consistent over time, it starts to pay off. And so your marriage has been um, consistent. It's beautiful. And I do want to thank you for joining. Now, I do want to ask you, Van, when Kana was writing this book, did you did you see her experience anything that anything she went through, anything that you felt like <laughs> made her book like, you know, sometimes we go through life experiences and we, we actually have to write about it. You know, it's like, did you see her actually experience anything that contributed specifically to the writing of her book? Really, just her everyday life. Like it was, um, yeah, it was. It was real early in our marriage that um, you know she's writing her book. I mean, even like on the book cover, we went to the photo shoot and uh, where did we go? We went to, to the park near Nessa's house. Park yeah, because our oldest daughter Janessa actually took the photo. Yeah, and I think that's really when it when it really hit home to her. Like it's going to be my photo shoot. You know what I mean? But it, it was it was all good. It wasn't nothing. There wasn't no real deep moment where I was like, you know, wow, she's doing this because she already had it in her. So it was just a matter. I was help, I was kind of pushing her, just hurry up and write the book. You overthink it, so just write it now. Let it be authentic. But other than that, you know, it was uh, it was oh, an experience. It was, yeah. A lot of times I'm hearing that with different ones when they write the book, and it's nice how you guys balance each other. Like Van kind of nudge you to say, don't do too much thinking, just do it. We need, you know, that's a blessing to have that um, balance. And then we also learn to listen 
to each other when it's you know when it's needed when you need it because I had to learn sometimes to listen to. <laughs> he kept saying, that. "Stop it! Ain't gonna be perfect. You're trying to make it so perfect." Just and it's crazy because he kept saying that, but God was telling me that too. The Holy Spirit kept saying, "The day that I told Aisha, okay, fine, let's go," because I was fighting. I was fighting. She kept saying, "This is your first book." I kept saying, "No, it's not. It's not that this is gonna be the second book." She was like, "No, this is the first book." Man was like, "Darling, the book is done." Just go forth with it. And I, I'm still pushing back. I'm still pushing back. And then Holy Spirit just said, people need what you have. Stop holding on to it because it's not for you. I didn't give it to you for you. This ain't about what book you wanted to come out first. This is about what somebody needs. So release it. It's time for you to release it. Let it go. It's time for you to release it so somebody can be blessed. Wow. And that's what I'm going to do. But he was nudging me the whole time. Yeah. You know, um, when I think about how even with this whole series, Your Voice Matters, um, uh, some things come to mind because I know for right now, it's a lot of the women that's talking. I'm looking at Van. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at Van and I'm, and, you know, some other men I might have spoke with this past week and last week. But I wanted to ask Van, what things in your life? Could you share, and this is kind of off point from the book, but just to hear your voice, just to hear, you know, because your voice matters as well. What things can you say that took place early or later in your life that helped you to develop to be the person you are today? Oh, wow. That's a whole book right there. See, that's what, that's what I feel. I feel a book coming. I feel. I, I keep trying to nudge them. Right. See? I mean, I learned, I learned uh, at an early age that um, nobody is coming to save you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 your life, the choices that you make is going gonna, is gonna to be your, your driving force in this life. Like, no one's coming to save you. And, and what I mean by that, and I've, I've lived that since I've been like 12 years old. Wow. Literally, 12, I was paying bills when I was 12 years old. Wow. But, um, Nobody's coming to save you. So whatever uh, whatever people do for you, that's extra. Yeah. That's how I've always lived. It might not be everyone's case, but I've never expected anything from anybody. I've always went out and got what I wanted. And if it's something um, that I didn't get, I didn't need it. So um, I've just always, you know, can't stop, won't stop, always. And I, I never let anything stop me from getting anything I want in life. Um, and I've always wanted people to be at a happy place, whether it was financial wise, whether it was just whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I tell everybody I'm rich. I think I've planted so many different seeds over the past 40 years in life. Like, and I'm not talking about rich far as money wise, right. because I'm not, you know, be calling me after for no money. <laughs> I ain't talking about that. But um, it's just something that's in the heart. You know what I'm saying? The guy put something in my heart early in life. Um, I had, a, you know, a lot of, uh, tragedy that happened early on in my life that made me who I am today, and um, and I continue to live my life like that. So even with my children, I tell my children, y'all blessed. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all, y'all walk into things. Right. You know, um, when I tell them my story about when I was younger, how I came up. Dad, what you did? That you? Yeah, that's why everything y'all tell me. I, I'm not trying to hear that. It's no excuse. Y'all already have these things. Right. You know, what it feel like to not have something to eat on. 
you know, not having a home to lay at, going from home to home. They don't, they don't, they never experienced stuff like that. Right. So that was something that early on in life that God told me, like, hey, man, listen, this is your life. I don't care how old you are, how young you is, just, just follow my path, follow this path. And that path um, led me to where I'm at today. Wow. It's still continue to, you know, to, uh, to strive in every, in every area of my life. Thanks be to God for his covering. Yeah. So you a faith walker. That's what it sounds like. And Van, it's funny you say that because um, I feel that way too. I feel like a lot of times, like if I think it, I could do it. If I if I think it and I see it, like visualize it in my head, the next step is to do it. And you said faith walker, right? I was a faith walker before I even had faith. I know. Woo! That's how I know that, <laughs> I know. that God had like uh, put his hand on my head, like, uh-huh. okay, go this way, man, go that way. I just I just I, I follow sound advice. And a lot of times that don't look good to other people, but it's been excellent for me and it still guides me now. Yeah, I, I get it because that's how I felt. Like I was telling Kana earlier with my girlfriend when she said that to me, she was like, since you was young, you would, we could walk down the street, Jackie, and you would say, I'm going to get this job. And I would say, I'm going to get this job. Then I would read and read like for, for, for like three weeks. And then I would put on my resume that I, I read that job for three weeks. And I, I remember even when I moved here and I was doing the job and I was like, okay, God, you gave me this job. You said that if I need wisdom, you would give it to me liberally. I'm in my office now. I'm typing. They asking me questions. And I know Van feel me right now. They asking me questions. And I'm looking it up on the internet. And I'm like, you're going to lead me to the answer. Bam. I get the answer. That's true, Jackie, because... Like I've gotten so many positions, oh, right? <laughs> I, but this is where, and, and, I, and I'm glad you brought this up because I've always had favor on my side. Like I wasn't qualified to get in a lot of positions that I've gotten. Mm-hmm. So I know it was it was just the favor of God. And the thing is, I say, okay, you just got to ask the right people to write the right questions once you're in here. See, that's one thing. I didn't get into a lot of doors the traditional way a lot of other people got into doors. I definitely didn't do that. <laughs> you, you know, I definitely, definitely didn't do that. Not. But it's, alter- it's alternative ways to get the same things, you know what I'm saying? So people feel bad about that. Like, I don't, you know, hey, God always favored me uh, in a lot of areas, you know, and I, I thank him for it. That's why... I, the time is always right now. You always hear me say, the time is always right now. There's no excuses. As long as you got breath in your body and your able limbs, you can do whatever you want to do. Just ask the right people with the right questions when it's the time. Yep. And, and I it, believe that. God always, God always yep. put people Same in my life. God always put people in my life and in my path. Um, and, and he gives me a lot of favor for, for, for a lot of things. You know Praise what I'm saying? God. So, thank God for that. Yeah, Absolutely. That's my prayer a lot of days. I'm like, Lord, you know, it's one thing you have favored, but then when you have favor with men, you know, like you're saying, you have favor. People see something on you and they like, he's different, you know, or that's different. And that's why um, I just always feel like it's so good to be able to speak into young people's lives when they're young and let them know to embrace that different, be different. It's nothing wrong with 
you know, being different. There's nothing wrong with wanting the best out of the best. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? God God said we are to have a life of abundance. Amen. And he wants... That's not all material. Right, exactly. But it is what it is. God promised us a life of abundance, not lack. He promised us a life of abundance. He didn't say it will always be easy. Right. But it's the promise that he made to us. Right. It's up to us to walk it out and get the things that he said that already belong to us. Absolutely. That's good. And so um, that's really powerful what Van was saying. You know, just I, I could see a book coming from that. Oh, yeah. He definitely has favor over his life. Always has. Yeah, writing. Write the book. I've been nudging him. I've been nudging him. You'd be surprised. He got. He got. He got to look. Like we said. But like we said, he got to go ahead. His pace. Open the window and the blessings come out. He got a book and take his time. Yeah. Bless the masses. Yes. In God's timing. Yep. In God's time. In God's time. But it's amazing. It's just a um a blessing when you know you have Cana and Cana have you and and you work as a team and then. You know, you're both up building and doing things to create the legacy in the family and to make sure that the children, they're being taught. And even in today, like what I'm noticing with, was even some of the adult children, we still teaching them. We, you know, our lives, little do they know, do we realize, I'm, I'm seeing it, but even how we still live and manage and do things, they're paying attention, you know, um, they're watching you know, and it's funny because sometimes now when I think about my mom and dad, you know, and I could be here and I'm like, man, I remember, I remember this. or I remember, you know, so sometimes Lauren is the only one here. And of course I could give her everything. Of course she, you know, but I have to pull back sometime and be like, mm, let me pump the brakes. Yeah. Because if not, you're not going to, like Van said, a lot of things are just provided and then they don't even get it. Like, no. You know, right. we're, we're definitely in that season. Yeah, because we live in an age of, yeah, of, of entitlement now. It's such a it's such a sense of entitlement, you know. So the balance it, it's it's our role, you know, as parents for this. And we're actually helping their heart. We're, we're helping the, the, the balance. Yeah, and the balance because yeah. if you don't, the the world don't have them right now. Right. So it's 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 our job. And we're actually when we're doing that, what I've realized we're actually protecting their heart since we're talking about heart talk we're protecting their hearts from the time that's going to come when we don't know when we're going to leave here if we leave here before our children or however but in the event that we do they're still going to have some type of understanding to know i got a lot i might have had a lot but i remember when my mom my dad told me you're going to have to budget you're going to have to know how to put this aside you're going to have to know because like I'll even tell Lauren and even with Cordell, a lot of times, you know, they going on trips. I ain't never going on a trip. <laughs> you know, like what they doing and you you got all inclusive at 13, you sleeping in a king size bed at 14, boy. And it, like <laughs> and you eating good food and you ain't got to worry about a cell phone bill. Like, come on. So I have to, some now with Lauren, I pull back. I'm like, no, you know, she's like, but I know y'all got it. I'm like, and we know we got it too. Right. I think, I think sometimes. <laughs> the operative word, you know, we got it. 
that are, you don't have it. <laughs> I think sometimes with with that though, you know, it's a balance. you have it's to balance. you have to teach them. Um, uh, like you said, you have to prepare them for when you're not here anymore. Mm -hmm. So of course, naturally, in our heart, we want to just give the best for our children because we have it. We want to, you know, be able to share it with the people we love and we're close to. I think the frustrating parts for me sometimes, like you said, they take it for granted, and you know, and, and they feel entitled. Entitled. When you take that from them to a certain extent, they, they, they don't even want to talk to you no more. Like they really, I don't know how your children, but they, they really get upset. You don't hear nothing like this. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to give you the game. I'm showing you what to do step by step, so you don't have to, you know, make the same mistakes, but. <laughs> Ooh, we in the season right now. That's a sore spot. Yeah. And it's I the times we live in. It, it's it's a lot of parents experiencing that. That goes back to a little bit of what we talked about earlier. Um when you know that's not just the sermon, but that's just, you know, having having a certain having a heart. You know, you want to it's it's natural, it's your instinct as a parent to want to you know, protect and guide and shield and yes, help and 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 overly help. Mm -hmm. But even as parents, you know, we have to learn to pull ourselves back because in overly helping, we do more damage than good. And then, um, you know, we we got you know, I'm sure there's some young adults on here, you know, watching this evening as well. Um, some may some some young adults may already be parents, and some may not. You know, some may be young adults that still living under your parents' roofs or whatever, know that it's important to understand that um, what parents do is a blessing or what a village does because it, it takes way more than just parents. You know, Absolutely. It, it takes, we all come from the generation where it takes a village. And I still believe in that. I've lived my whole life. I raised my kids that way. I uh, feel that way about the grants. Like, it's, it takes a village. Absolutely. Um, we've gotten so far away from the village mentality you know, as a whole, but I'm, I'm still very old school when it comes to that. Um, but I would say to the, you know, the young adults watching this uh, or listening in, uh, you know, be mind, try to be mindful of that. You know, if, if your parents or your, your loved ones or your elders, whoever they are, aren't necessarily giving you everything that you want or, you know, they're not overly giving and stuff, have, have some grace, you know, with your parents or your, your, your uh, responsible adults over you or whatever have some grace because they trying to they trying to help they're not trying to hurt they're not trying to you know keep you from having the best of the best they're not trying to not want to help you out you know it's 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 balanced and it's for your benefit that's godly wisdom mm. you know so just you know give give your parents and your elders some grace just like we need to give y'all some grace you know what I'm saying so it, it has to be a balance but Absolutely. You know. And, and um, you know, we're talking about heart talk and it's good that you mentioned that because those are things our children weighs on our hearts. You know, sometimes they don't understand that if you don't pick up the phone and call or if you giving me an attitude or if I'm trying to teach you something or, or show you something and you're not showing me at least some type of honor. We don't ask for a lot of parents don't we don't ask for a lot, but just honor what I'm saying. Then exactly. you're giving me flowers while I'm living because if God forbid I close my eyes and I'm not here tomorrow, you know, then what? And so um 
that's good when you meant how Kana mentioned it because well, for the young, around real quick, she had to for people for people who um don't for young people who may not understand, you know, that affects those things pull on the parents' heart. It it, it weighs it weighs the heart because we're trying to still teach and you know the old way then was you 18, you on your own. Hey, I, <laughs> you like you got to try to make it on your own. Level, another level of training. You think when you do done with them at 18, no, that's really, now you got to show them how to be an adult. Like, that's that's more draining than when they, when they, was, when they were a kid. It's kind of like, and you can probably uh, help me out with this. It's like, now that you were talking, I was thinking like when the, um, when, when, when the people of Israel came out of Egypt, you know, and uh, and Moses giving all these commands, and you know, hearing from God and teaching them, and they just kept rebelling every phase. Uh, it, it, it's, it's 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 like that's what I'm living in now with you know with certain children. <laughs> you know, you know, you show them this. Hey, didn't I get you out of this before? Then you got to try like at some point, you know, they got to have their you know live their own life and have their own faith, and we're just here to guide them at this point. And sometimes that it gets weary with the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it, it really does. Like, uh, yeah. I'll tell you the same We've thing. Been the best example. I always, be. always believe that God want to hold you at your last failed instruction. And a lot of times, when my children come to me about certain things, I give them the answer. When they come to me six months later about the same thing, I'm gonna have the same answer. Did you do this last time? Okay, I know I didn't do that. Well, don't come to me and tell you trying it. Because God's going to hold you at your last failed instruction. So now we got to progress. We got to move forward. At some point, you got to get it. I'm not going to always be here. Right. You know, here are the answers. Here's the the answer sheet. Here's the instructions. Right. You know, you know how to read. You have a college degree. (laughs) You did this. You did that. So you got to understand at some point, you got to get it. You, you know, gotta man. get it. That's the key. You gotta get yeah. it. So at some point, mm-hmm. and you know, I I, I have a, re- a real thin patience right now. With yeah, yeah. That's so, his, his walk right now. Is patience, the present. Yeah, well, it ain't really the well, patience. It's not really it's, the patience. Yeah, I've been, I'm a very patient person, but when somebody break the patient barrier and they go <laughs> to another level, my mind goes to another level. When I no, I, I can't he go check, there with check you. Out. I check out with that. No. <laughs> And most men do. That's a man yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a man thing because yeah. I, you know, even with Leslie, sometimes I gotta kick in when he kick out. <laughs> right. When he when right. when right. when he when I see he I, I can basically yeah. tell when he like I'm done. Yeah, and once he once he once that <laughs> once that mode come in and he's like mm-hmm. blue, then I'm like, um let me deal with it, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to ask you before we end tonight. That was good, Van. That was so good. Um, what what would you say you could leave tonight? And this is for both of you, if you want to answer. Um, for people that deal even like with children, and is some things tug at their heart. You know, some parents right now I know are praying for their children. Their child. Sometimes you raise them up. You do, and I know the Bible say, "Train up a child on the way they should go, and when they are older, they shall not depart from it." But when you go through it, and I, I know even for me, when I was dealing with my um, my children now older, Lauren is the youngest, um, 
it was things that just tugged on my heart because some of the things that they were doing was totally against what I knew and taught them. But even with children or 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 feeling alone or you know just that heart that burden of why why am I going through it? Like I said, for myself, I felt so alone for such a long period of time, and um, I. I I got to a point where I couldn't blame people anymore. Kind of like what Van said, I had to make it work, you know? And I was just like, okay, God, what are you saying? And basically he was like, I'm allowing this to happen because I need to grow you up. You you think, you think people are going to still come and see you at 50 and 60? Like get over yourself. You know, like I need you to grow up, not just to be um, conducive or able to do my will, but I need you to grow up because your children are going to grow up one day. And what are you going to tell them? How are right. you going to help them? Are you going to be so emotionally unbalanced where you're going to think every time something goes wrong, somebody owe you an explanation, somebody right. owe you an apology, somebody owe because you're not going to always get it, Jackie. You're just right. not going to always get it. And are you still going to be able to move on, do what I told you to do, go to work, live your life, enjoy your life, or are you going to go on this vacation and still worry about why such and such didn't come see you for the last five years since you moved out of this? No, get over yourself. No, no, not, no, it does not. No, no, not at all. I'll, I'll let Van say whatever he needs to say. I'll save mine for last because I, I want to read two things, two pages real quick from the book because that's part of what I want to say. Anything you want to share yeah. with the people? You know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do want to share something, though. God will allow what you will allow. That's it. If you allow certain things in your life, God going to allow it, too. And, and and that's just what it is. You know, um, also, before I leave, I do want to uh, ask you, Jackie, to say a special prayer for my sister. Um, my sister Pam, um, she's in the hospital. Uh, she has... Um, uh, she has some brain damage, and right now, uh, she's you know just in need of prayer. Yes, we're right. total healing. Total healing. Total healing. That's what we believe in. We Absolutely. believe in and standing on God's word for total healing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And I'm a I'll, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Jackie. You said she has brain injury. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Kana, before we leave, I'm gonna have to close out in prayer, actually. Um okay. and then Kana, did you want to share anything? Yeah, I, I want to share. I'm gonna read uh two things from the book real fast. It's two pages, but they're kind of along the same line. Um reading from 41 and 42. Thank you, darling. Thank you, Van. Thank you, all right, so I'm going to read something real fast from um, page 41 and 42 of the book. Uh, I think it, it I think it kind of summarizes uh, what I want to say, and then I'll, I'll add to it, and Jackie, you can add anything else to it if you want. I think it ties into what Van said as well. When you share the innermost desires of your heart with God, have trust, faith, and believe that he shall make it so. Be sure to keep your heart and mind open to receive your heart's desires. Take nothing for granted and forever remain open to what's in store on the other side of each new door. And then on 42, when you know your own worth, I'm sorry, when you know your own value, it doesn't matter what others think you are worth. 
Know that God says you are more valuable than all the riches of the earth. So there is no price tag on your heart, your body, or your soul. The ultimate price was already paid. So you can stand up, look up, and know your worth, and be whole. Amen. So those, that, that, is, um, that is what I would say, you know, to anybody who's feeling lesser than, you're feeling less than, if you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling lonely, um, if you're feeling forgotten about, if you're feeling disappointed um, in yourself, in your life, um, if you're going through hard times, if you're feeling broken, even if you're having health issues, financial issues, whatever, know that God is bigger. God is bigger. He's bigger. I, those words are in my... What I just read is in this book because it was for me. It was for me based on different challenges that I had gone through in my life. Um, it was for others, uh, some of my family and some of my friends because of things that I knew that they were going through in their lives. And, you know, God gave me those words to speak to the heart because only, only, only his love can get to certain depths that, that people can't get to. Amen. You know, and like Van said, you know, nobody's coming to save. Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody's coming to pick up the pieces because God already sent somebody to do that. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And tonight. That's already been done for us. Absolutely. Okay. And I think that's a good segue, um, Jackie, into uh, your next part. I know you want to, you know, give yeah. a call. Yeah. I wanted to just mention in, in, yeah, in agreement to that. Um, Proverbs 4 and 23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. That's in Proverbs, Proverbs 4 and 23. And then if you notice here, it says in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So there's a time when you got to, even though we're talking heart talk, and I know we read a lot of um Alcana Johnson's um, quotes tonight. Um, those were those holy and spirit inspired words from God will definitely continue to protect your heart. It will continue to allow you to go into a way that is right to allow yourself not to lean to your own understanding or go into your emotional desires. But if we would trust in God with all of our heart, and lean not to our own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him. He'll direct our path. And so um, I just want to encourage you tonight to give thought to what are we going to do with the heart? Well, who are we going to trust with our heart? So many times times we've trusted people. We trusted, um, you know, all types of stuff, money and jobs and thinking that all of those things would bring comfort to our heart. But I'm going to introduce you tonight. The only one that can truly give you comfort is the Lord Jesus Christ. When you accept him into your life, I know for myself, that's where my comfort comes from, came from, and is still coming from. And even though there comes times when the heart will be tried and tested and stand, you have to stand up against a lot of things, you can take comfort to know that he has a special plan, a, a specific way that he covers his people, that he covers his children. And his promises are yes and amen. And so he doesn't promise something and don't do it. 
He keeps his promise. He is a man that keeps his promise. It says, and ye shall seek me and find me. And when you search for me with all of your heart. So it's important that we continue to go after God and make sure that we're leaning not to our own thoughts, leaning not to our, our own ways because um, his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And like I stated, he has a specific plan. And so just like we wash our hands a lot of times every day, continue to ask the Lord to wash your heart, creating me a clean yes. heart, oh Lord, and renewing me a right spirit. You know, a lot of times we touching this and we're touching it and we're washing our hands. But do I've made it a habit, I'll say, when I was going through and still sometimes go through, I'm, if something comes my way, I'll just... Lord, creating me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit. I'm I'm trying to wash my heart with the word of God. I'm trying to keep it to a to to what God would want it to be, that God would want it to be tender, that God wouldn't want me to walk in offense, that God wouldn't want me to look upon this person as, you know, less than or or bitter or mad, you know, because we gotta remember that out of the heart, the issues of life flow. Out of the heart, men speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, people speak. So when people are saying stuff and they're talking, we want to be careful because is that a heart issue? So I, tonight I would just say, search your heart, search your heart. And, and I put here Psalms 133 and one, how good and pleasant is it when God's people live together in harmony? When we live right. in harmony, guess what? We've decided to allow our heart first to come into harmony with God. When we really live in harmony. We've allowed our heart to be let go of any issues, anything that would deter us, anything that would that will try to allow for any discord to come our way. For God is not the author of confusion, but he's a God of peace. And so tonight, I would say if you really want to uh, trust, put your trust somewhere that won't get hurt and it, you don't have to worry about if it is you're being failed and it, the promise won't come to pass i i beckon you tonight to try god he's a very present help in the time of trouble and so um there are some things that we can do we can delight ourselves in the lord guess what it says if we delight ourselves in the lord he'll give us the desires of our heart when we delight ourselves in the lord it says a merry heart does good like a medicine but a broken spirit is dried like the bones so we got to remember that a new heart also he said i will give you and a new spirit i will put in you and i will take away the stony heart out of flesh and i will give you a heart of flesh he'll take out that stony heart that unforgiving heart that bitter heart that jealous heart that envious heart and he said i'll give you a heart of flesh right he said, my son, forget not my laws, but let thy heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they shall he add unto thee. So when we see people walking around with peace and walking around with joy and some people are walking with long life, they've kept these commandments. They've understood that, you know, God is not a God that will fail us. So tonight I want to encourage you to be a good courage for he shall strengthen your heart. For all that hope in the Lord. Amen. Amen. So I beckon you tonight that if you would like to give your heart to Christ, the whole purpose of this talk was for us to come together. But the real purpose is that someone will give their heart to Christ tonight. And if that is you, if you would like to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, you can either put your 
comment in the comment section. You can, um, you know, do a like or share, whatever it is. You can um, just let us know that you're willing to give your heart to Christ. And if that's something you would like to do tonight is to try the Lord is Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's a wonderful thing. I remember when I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, I had tried so many other things. And all those things let me down. But when I try God, when I gave my heart to him, when I gave over my mind and my will to him, he made something beautiful and still is making something beautiful out of my life. So pray with me tonight if you if you want, would love to give your heart to the Lord. Father God, I thank you now for another opportunity that you've allowed me to come into your presence. I ask you now to forgive me of anything that I've said or anything that I have done that has brought shame to your holy name. And I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and he now lives in me. Thank you, Lord, that I am saved and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you just pray that prayer, let me tell you, the angels of the Lord are rejo rejoicing with you tonight. They are in heaven rejoicing. You have transferred over from the body, one the, the kingdom of hell, because that's where we will go, to the body of Christ. Now, I just would encourage you to get into a Bible-believing place, a worship by a place that is teaching you the unadulterated word of God. Ask Holy Spirit to come into your life and let him lead and guide you. We need the Holy Spirit today. We need something more than our thoughts, more than our thinking, more than what we think we're so wonderful. We need Holy Spirit in everything that we do today. And let me tell you, he will lead and guide us. He will lead and guide us. So I thank you. I thank you, Alcana, for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. This was an awesome, awesome, uh, awesome time. Thanks for all that you're doing. Yep. Praise God. Praise yeah. God. God is really doing. Um, he's just awesome how he's moving and he's doing a new thing within all of you know, all of us, you know. Yes. Um yes. yes. I do want to just show your book real quick. I know it's gonna come between <laughs> us here. Um, if Thank anyone you. would love to purchase the book, the book is an awesome book. I, I just absolutely love it. Um, I must say, you all did yourself with this one. And um, the Thank way you could you. purchase Thank the you. book. Shout, shout out to my daughter, Chanessa Roundtree, a.k.a. T at one point, she was Tia Joy Photography. Uh, now she's just Chanessa Roundtree. She's not really doing photography too much anymore. But she blessed her mama, and she took the cover photo. So photography credit to Chanessa. Yes, that's awesome, Chanessa. That's awesome. Shout out, Jordan. <laughs> and yes, the, the book can be ordered direct from my webpage at alkanajohnson.com. If you order from there, I autograph it in my Chicken Scratch Written in Love, um, and it's free shipping, or you can order from Amazon. Um, from my webpage, the book is $15. I think Amazon has dropped the price now, um, but... This concludes this episode of the Remnant Podcast with Jackie Wade. Once again, I want to thank you 
for staying tuned to the podcast. And be sure to connect with us. You could like us on our Facebook page at The Remnant Podcast with Jackie Wade. You can also follow us on our Instagram page at The Remnant Podcast. We're also available on the other social media platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. You can also watch us live on our YouTube channel at The Remnant Podcast with Jackie Wade. Again, thank you for joining. I am your host, Jackie Wade.